Hello, hello, and welcome to the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. I'm your host, Chrissy Mellinger, a business coach for women who want to make big impact in this world. In this podcast, we will cover the business strategy behind creating aligned, authentic, and empowering service-based businesses. We'll cover the spirituality as well, all the weird, the woo, and the mindset behind showing up as your full self. And of course, we'll discuss female empowerment and embodiment to tap into all of your beautiful magic. We all have so much power, wisdom, and magic to share, but are institutionally taught not to. This podcast is your resource, your opportunity, and your support system to show up fully as the magical creature you are and to love doing it. I'm so excited and honored to be with you today, so let's go ahead and get started. Hello, hello, beautiful sunshine, and welcome back to this week's episode. Today we are talking all about imposter syndrome and the idea of faking it till you make it. Now, this is something that just about every human can probably relate to on some scale, but I think this hits really hard for a lot of entrepreneurs, especially ones that are solopreneurs or they're doing something that is radically different than what they did before, right? Which my guess is speaks to a lot of you guys who are listening. Imposter syndromes can come up, like I said, for just about any aspect of life. But when we talk about the entrepreneur journey, it can happen at any point. It is very common with people who are just starting out as entrepreneurs, especially for any kind of coach or service provider, whether you're a healer, copywriter, a social media manager, etc. When you are brand new to something, even if you have the credential, right? Even if you went to school, you got a certification, you went through a training that says, okay, here you go, you can now run Adobe Photoshop. Having that piece of paper, having that plaque that tells you that you are qualified for something may not always feel as if you actually know what you're talking about. The very first time you go to get that coaching client, that very first social media account that you're going to manage, it's different in the real world versus within the confines of your certification, your training, your group program, etc. however it is that you are learning. So even though a lot of what we hear about is imposter syndrome at the beginning of our businesses, I'm here to let you in on the not so secret secret that that imposter syndrome can actually come up at any point in your business. It can come up when you are offering something brand new, if you're going through any kind of pivot or transition with your content, your branding, your offers, anything like that. It can come up during a launch. And honestly, it can also come up in the middle of doing the regular day-to-day stuff. There can absolutely be those times where you're sitting at your computer and you're writing up a landing page or you're writing an email and you write, you know, you write one sentence and you go back and you edit and you make sure that, you know, grammatically it's correct and all of that. And you think, who, who am I to make that claim? I don't have enough knowledge to make that claim. If you have ever had that experience before, 
that you're sitting there and it might not be an email. It, it might be talking to a new client on a discovery call, right? Talking to someone on that consultation call and you get off and you're like, who? I, ooh, I told them that I could do ABC and I, I technically can do ABC, but I may not have actually done it before and now it's a little scary and I don't know if I can do it and da 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 da, da and your head starts to spiral, right? You, your brain starts to spiral down this fear chaos. You're not alone. I want to be really clear about that. That however this imposter syndrome is coming up for you at whatever stage in life, at whatever stage in your business that this is coming up for you, you are not alone. It is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of failure. It is not a sign of not doing enough inner work. It is your brain's way. It is your mind's way of keeping you safe by keeping you small and in your comfort zone. So that's really what and why we have imposter syndrome. It's not a failing on our part. It's not a lack of inner work or healing or awareness or things like that. It is our mind's way of keeping us small and keeping us safe. Because if we have this fear, right, the imposter syndrome is fear of being found out. You're worried that people are going to find out that you're not the expert that you say you are, you're not the leader, you can't bring forth the transformations that you say you can. When you have those fears, that is your mind's way of keeping you small and keeping you comfortable. Because if you never extend past that point that you're like, "Mm, I think I can do this, but I need, you know, you're that baby bird. You got to find out if you can actually fly out of the nest or not. That imposter syndrome is there to keep you in your nest. That imposter syndrome is there to keep you in the cage of playing small. Because if you don't feel like an imposter, then you're within your comfort zone. So when you find yourself coming up, (laughs) hitting this point of feeling like an imposter. There are a couple of different things that I encourage you to do. First, before anything else and during the entire process, give yourself grace. Give yourself the love that you would give to your best friend. If your best friend came to you, and said, oh my gosh, I feel like such an imposter. I could, would you call them things like stupid or idiotic? Probably not. You might, depending on the way that you talk to them, but the love is different. So give yourself grace throughout this whole thing. Give yourself grace and give yourself love, okay? Now, the real nitty-gritty practical stuff. When you are facing imposter syndrome, it's really that fear of failure or that fear of rejection that's coming up. So first and foremost, I would ask you to find out which fear is behind that imposter syndrome. Which fear is actually causing you to think that you can't do the thing? And I want to break that down. So let's say... I'll use a personal example from when I started out in business. I 
have all the, you know, I have years and years of corporate strategy background. I have all this personal inner work that I've done, this healing, this mindset growth, this, all of this kind of stuff, right? And I went to a 22-week program. I got my coaching certification. But I still, when I was booking my first clients and when I was having my so-called sample sessions, which are kind of practice sessions when you're still in the certification program, I still had this fear of like, okay, but what if someone signs up and pays me and I can't actually get them results? I can't actually get them whatever it is that we say that we're going to work on, right? And in reality, at the time, I didn't know it. This is all hindsight looking back. In reality, that was fear of failure. That imposter syndrome for me was really just masking the fear of failure. That regardless of what paperwork I had saying that I was a certified coach and that I could do this and I had the skill set, there was not in my mind, enough evidence that I could do it. So it was that fear of failing of, oh my gosh, these people, this this woman that I'm helping is going to know that I can't do this. She's going to catch me out on my lie, right? So I would ask you first, find out which fear is behind that imposter syndrome, okay? First and foremost, what's actually going on there? Then, once you know what fear it is, go all the way down the rabbit hole. And this may sound counterintuitive, but go down the worst case scenario. Because when you can lay it out there and like really go all the way down, that if your fear is that you're going to get found out, that people are going to quote unquote realize that you aren't good at the thing that you say that you're good at, go all the way down that rabbit hole. If they realize that that's the case, then they stop paying you, then they stop working with you, then you don't have any clients, then you don't have a business, then you have to go get a job, then you have to go all the way down the rabbit hole. When you're able to lay out the worst case scenario, it does a couple of things. One, it puts it down on paper and you can see how unlikely that is to actually happen and also it shows you the different points of possible change now we know that you get to change who you are in your life and everything at any given moment of the day so there are countless opportunities for change but when you write down that list of spiraling chaos going on in your brain of, okay, that person's going to be dissatisfied, they're not going to pay anymore, which automatically leads to, oh, well, now no one's going to pay me. That is one opportunity, right? Just because person A has an opinion of you does not mean that that opinion is going to magically through osmosis go to every other client that you have. So that's an opportunity point that you can change the trajectory that it's no longer a downward spiral. Okay, see what I mean here? So once you lay out that entire scenario, worst case possible scenario, then you can go in and start to pick it apart start to see how many different opportunities you have 
to make it better, to make it on the trajectory that you want it to be on. It's one thing to, in our heads, go down through this spiral of all the things that are going to go wrong and all the things that, you know, were so horrible and da-da-da and going to have to go get a job, da-da-da-da, right? It's a lot easier to have that spiral in our brain versus when we actually write this down on paper and start to pick it apart and start to nitpick where every opportunity we have to change things, to change that person's mind, to go get additional training, to go solidify something here, to go get more support here, to help our skills, yada, yada. It starts to give us more hope, right? It starts to give us less of that bleak, dismal outlook. Find the fear, discover and identify which fear is behind the imposter syndrome. Then go all the way down the worst case scenario and see what may actually happen. Then pick it apart. Pick that shit apart and find all the opportunities for change. The next thing after you've picked apart this whole chaos train is to go in and find all of the evidence that you are not an imposter. There is evidence that you can do the thing that you're saying that you do. Even if you are a brand new coach or you are a brand new social media manager and you may not have had any clients before, right? You may not have had any sample clients. You are literally talking to the first person ever as a coach, okay? That's where we're at in this example. I still want you to go in and across all the spectrum of your life, find evidence for your skill sets. Because when you're talking about, oh my gosh, there's no proof of this. I'm an imposter because I've never done this before. I've never proven that I can do this before. You may not have done X, Y, Z, but you've done... NOP, which is really close and has a lot more similarities than you would think. So find all of the evidence. And I said across the full spectrum of your life, don't just look at your previous careers or your previous jobs. Look across the board. For that example that I just said of your brand new coach, where in your life have you had any sort of relationships where you are mentoring someone or training them or helping them with a difficult conversation. You have been a coach before. You have had those skills at some point in your life. And it may have been back in middle school when you were the lacrosse coach or I don't know, head lacrosse person. Or in high school when you were on the debate team It doesn't have to be a professional experience and it doesn't have to be a titled experience. It doesn't have to be that you were the coach of the da-da-da-da-da team. You may have just been a strong debate member. You may have been a strong band player or choir singer in your section and you were a leader. How did you help those around you? How did you coach them? So go and find the evidence. Pick in the same way that you picked apart that chaos train. I want you to pick apart 
and find the evidence for where you've done these things before. You have the skill sets, you've displayed and exhibited these skills before, find them and write it down. And I want you to spend a lot of time with this one of writing down all of the different things that you can think about. Marinate on this for a couple of days and really think like, okay, I was in Girl Scouts growing up between ages of this and this. Did I display any kind of coaching skills in there? I was in this sport from grades this to this. Did I display what, you know, what did I display there? Go through the entire spectrum of your life and really look at where you've displayed those skills before. And this tracker, this evidence that you're creating of all the things that you've done before, I like to call this an at-a-girl file. You can call it something else if that doesn't roll with how you identify. That's cool. Call it whatever you want to call it. But I call it an at-a-girl file because it's all of the things that for me are proof that I'm really good at different things, right? And this is going to be across the spectrum of your life. But when you start tracking all of that, when you get to actually see this Google Excel sheet or whatever that has 6,500 rows of all the things that you're good at or 97 different things in one week that you've excelled at, that you've actually proven like, wow, I can do this, it starts to sink in. And then when you're hitting those moments of imposter syndrome, when you're hitting those lower moments of like, oh shit, I don't know if I can keep doing this, you can go back to that track. You can pull up a random date and just go back and look at all of the things that you've done. So those are the three main tips I've got for you when it comes to dealing with imposter syndrome. Figuring out and actually identifying the fear that's behind it Because it's not just the idea that you're not good enough. There's the fear behind that. Then going all the way down the chaos train of the worst case scenario to find, not just to go down it for the hell of it, but to go down it and actually find all of the major opportunity points to change that trajectory. Having one bad client call Having one situation that's not ideal does not automatically subscribe you to a downward spiral of all the things going wrong. There are so many different opportunity points. So when you go and actually list out all of the worst case scenario, then you can go in and you pick it apart. You find all those opportunities for change and you hold on to them. Because when you can give yourself those almost safety nets in a way of where things can go right, it doesn't seem quite as scary. It doesn't seem quite as definitive as when you just look at how bad it can get. And then the third thing is to create an add a person file. Create a tracker of all different areas, right? Your job, your careers, home life, volunteer, hobbies, all this kind of thing. Look at the full spectrum of your life. 
childhood all the way up into wherever you're at right now and look and find all the evidence that you can do the thing that you're worried you can't do. And remember, we're not looking at specific, okay, I'm not sure if I can edit a 15-minute video into a 12-minute video because I've never actually done that before. Don't, no, don't do that shit. Find the overarching theme. Have you learned things from a technology standpoint? Yes? Cool. Where have you done that? Have you edited things before? What software do you know how to use? What software have you learned? You didn't wake up one day and magically know how to edit a video, right? You learned that. What? You see my point. Get all of the themes across the full spectrum of your life and write that evidence down and keep that tracker going. Don't just create that tracker for this episode or for this training that you're doing, but keep that tracker going. Write down every day or at the end of every week, here are the things that I've learned, here are the things that I've done really well, here are the things that I'm proud of, and let that be a living, breathing, ever-evolving tracker to help you get through not only imposter syndrome, but those regular human days where you're like, I don't know if I even want to do this anymore. This is so hard, right? Having those trackers, having that evidence of how amazing you are at any given time is going to help you so much. So now I wanted to switch a little bit and talk about the idea of faking it till you make it because this goes really closely hand in hand with imposter syndrome. I am and I am not a fan of fake it till you make it. So on one hand, I do really like the idea of fake it till you make it because it gives you that that flexibility in showing up before you feel 100% ready. So it gives you that kind of push or encouragement that you don't have to feel 100% confident with no doubt in the world in order to start showing up and doing the thing that you want to do. Now, I will also say that you don't have to fake it in order to show up, that you can show up scared, that you can show up vulnerably, that you can show up and be very clear and be like, hey, I'm new and I'm not totally sure about this or this is a new idea and I'm you know, still figuring things out and your people will understand. Your people will be on board with that. The part about fake it till you make it that I don't care for is the fake it piece. There is a difference between showing up authentically and still being scared and still being transparent with the fact that you're learning or you're changing or this is a transition and things are messy because we're humans and this is life and actually faking it and being inauthentic. So I like fake it till you make it in the sense of you don't have to have this purely polished, everything is perfect, everything is figured out. I've got years and years of experience in order to get up and sell or create an offer or put yourself out there but if you 
are doing it inauthentically, if you truly are faking it, sure, you got out there and you did it and you have the title or the business or the name or the accolade or the whatever, but that inauthenticity is going to come back and bite you in the ass eventually. You're not going to be able to really continue to have that business or have that life if it's all fake. And this is, uh, if you've listened to any of my podcasts or any of my Instagram videos or trainings or anything like that, I am big on authenticity, even when it's messy, even when it's scary, even when it kind of looks like a shit show, because those are the defining times of being a leader Those are the times that your people look at you, your community, your clients, your family, your friends, whatever. They look at you and they go, wow, she is going through it and she's still showing up. She is, whoo, she is showing up, right? So on one hand... I wanted, I I debated not talking about fake it to make it at all. But when we talk about imposter syndrome, I think it's important to at least mention the idea of fake it to make it because it, it is still, it is still a strategy that's being pushed out there. So I do caution against this idea of fake it to make it based on the fake it piece. I am a 100% supporter of the show up and do it scared, show up and do it nervous, show up with pit stains under your arms because you can't stop sweating, but you know that this thing is important and big and needs to happen. Show up and do it anyway. I am a supporter of the experimentation, of the being transparent that this is a new offer, that this is a transition, that this might be messy, that this is not fully figured out. Show up as yourself and be authentic. Because I think so much of the fake it to make it came about when there is this need to be perfect. There is this need to be polished. There is this need to be quote unquote professional. And lucky for us, we are getting out of that phase. We are getting more into the humanness, more into the life is messy and beautiful and chaotic and nonsense all of the time. So show up that way. Don't feel like you have to fake it. Don't feel like you have to be inauthentic to get over this imposter syndrome or that that's the only way that you can do it. Because when you fake it, you're either not looking at all, you're avoiding looking at those fears and those doubts and those worries holding you back, or you're bypassing them. And you're just like, ah, I don't ever have to deal with that. And either way, it's going to come back and it's going to it's going to bite you real big and it's going to hurt. And it's going to take you much longer to get out of it if you avoid it in the first place. 
basically telling you, don't be inauthentic, don't fake it, show up messy, show up before you feel ready, and don't let imposter syndrome stop the world from seeing your beautiful self and all the magic and wisdom that you have to share. Because that idea that you have, that dream that won't go away, that idea that you're just like, "Mm, I'm going to put a pin in you and then the pin pops out and it's up in your face and you got to do something about it. That thing that you have the imposter syndrome about is there for a reason. It's there for you to show and share the beauty of who you are and the gifts that you have with the world and with your community. So don't let those fears, those doubts, those worries, that imposter syndrome, that inner critic hold you back. Because we desperately need the magic that is you. Alrighty, so there we have it for this week's episode of the Soulfully Strategic Entrepreneurship Podcast. It has been my pleasure being here with you today. If you've got any questions of any sort, go ahead and find me on Instagram at Chrissy Mellinger or submit a form through my website, chrissymellinger.com, and I will get back to you personally. Otherwise, if you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more like it, be sure to subscribe, follow, and submit a review so I can make sure that the good stuff keeps on coming. Can't wait to be back with you next week. Enjoy your day.